And so I like getting in his bubble and kind of hear the music. But uh, today, today we're going to be wrapping up a series uh, that we've been going through on God's amazing grace. And we've been looking at just how when God, when we really connect to God's grace, it radically changes our lives. It radically changes our lives. And uh, one thing that's true uh, about Jesus is that's one thing that we've seen is that he's, he was full of grace and he's full of truth. And when you, when you read the Gospels, when you read the accounts of his life, over and over again you see stories of him extending grace to other people. And really this morning what we're looking at is this idea that to follow him, to follow Jesus, uh, we, our lives need to be marked by extending grace to other people as well. That's really what our lives would be marked by. Now, uh, several years ago when I was, uh, I was still a part-time uh, staff member at uh, USC Christian Challenge, uh, on campus one day uh, there was a, a Muslim student came up to a couple of us and he, he knew us as Christians because there's a table we had on campus and he had recognized us. And he came up and he had, I think it's hard to know really what his intention was, but it almost like he was trying to start an argument. You know, he came up and he, he started off with, you Christians, you know, anytime you start with you, it's usually, you know, you statements kind of get in your face a little, but he goes, you Christians, you have it so easy. He says, your God, he says, you just have to ask for forgiveness when you mess up and God just, your God just forgives you. It's like you don't even have to try to do anything right. And you just guys have it just real easy. He says, but our God, our God is really, he's completely just. And we really have to please him and we, and we you know, we need we really have to do the things that he's required us to do. And you guys just, you know, your, your religion is strange because you don't even really have to try at it. Or that's kind of his impression as he was talking to us. And we didn't, we didn't continue arguing back. We just listened and we talked and we started having a conversation with him. And it, it became kind of an honest conversation, a good conversation, one I really enjoyed. And I believe that he did too. And, uh, after a while I, I told him, I said, I have a question for you and that is, if, if your God is totally just, and we all know that none of us have done the right thing all the time, every time, how, uh, how do you know you're going to be okay with him when your life is over? And, you know, because the whole tenor of the conversation had changed, I remember just looking at it and seeing his eyes, and I could tell he really was trying to answer that question. And he, he says, you know, I, I guess we have to just hope he'll be merciful. And I think in that moment, he saw the conflict in his system of belief. And the, in his, the conflict was his God is actually just, but somehow he had to hope that in his case, it'd be different. And, you know, I felt a lot of compassion for him as we were talking. But I, as, I, as I walked away from that, I've reflected on that a lot. Uh, one thing that stands out to me is that one of the most gracious things that God done, has done in our lives is to give us the scriptures to give us the Bible so that we can really understand and know who God is and where he's coming from and what he's really like. And uh, in Jer- one place in Jeremiah, God's speaking and he says, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, not let the rich man boast of his riches. Let not the, uh, the, someone knows this verse out there. I know they do. <laughs> mighty. mighty, let not the mighty man uh, boast of his might, but let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness and righteousness and justice on the earth. 
for I delight in these things. And you, you begin to realize that, you know, God, he is, he's absolutely just and he delights in that. But he delights in loving kindness. He delights in extending grace to other people, uh, extending grace to people. And Paul, you know, there is a, t- there's a tension there. And Paul really captures how that tension was resolved in Romans 3, 25 and 26. Uh, Paul says this, he says, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that as to be just and the justifier of those who have faith in Jesus. Jesus is the answer to the dilemma. When Jesus died on the cross, he satisfied God's demands for justice. And he took it on himself. That's how much God cared about us. And that's how much Jesus cared about us. So that we can actually connect to God. Now, uh, the Muslim gentleman we talked to, he was, he was wrong. It's not easy. Because it would, took a tremendous sacrifice. But because of what Jesus did, it is free. And it is amazing grace that we actually can connect to. And it's, and that he's extended to us. But you know, grace, and what we want to talk about today is grace gets even more amazing as we extend it to other people. Grace gets even more amazing as we extend it to other people. In fact, I think we're most like Jesus when we're extending grace to other people. That's when we're most like him. And all around our life right now, all around each of our lives right now, there are many opportunities we have to extend grace to other people. But to really seize those opportunities, to really seize you have to see them. You have to be able to uh, really see the opportunities that are around you. And so I want to look at something something else that Paul wrote just a little bit further on from Romans 3. In Romans 5, he said this. He said, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. He paints this picture of, of when we really connect to God's grace, we actually stand in it. It's, it's, a, it's an active thing. It's, it's something that you get this picture of someone really standing in their life and meeting what's coming with, coming towards them, but they're standing in the grace of God. And it's interesting. He, he, he has different tenses here. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith. So there was a point in time for someone who's committed their life to Christ and they've surrendered to him. There was a point in your life when you surrendered to him. And at that point, you were justified. And you're completely clear with God. And then he says in the present, what that means is you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, um, that peace that Paul's talking about is just a big deal. Having peace with God is a huge, big deal. You know, most of us, you know, I don't know about you, this is something true with me is we tend to have a lot of noise in our heads. You know, we tend to have a lot of things that we're thinking about, things we're concerned about. Uh, what will happen? You know, this, what will happen to loved ones? Um, what will happen to our finances? Uh, what's going to happen in the long run with our health? What's, uh, what do other people think of me? You know, those, th- those are the kind of things that run through our minds. What's the future of society? You know, where's this thing going? You know, I, I keep looking at it. It doesn't look good. Um, where, where do I stand with God? Where do I stand with God? There are things that go through our minds and it just makes a lot of noise in our thinking. And 
The peace of God is the opposite of that. When you have peace with God, it's the opposite of that. I want to look at just a quote uh, by Dallas Willard uh, from his book, Renovation of the Heart. He defines peace like this. He says, peace is the rest of will that results from assurance about how things will turn out. It's a resting in God because God is is sovereignly in control and he actually is orchestrating your life. But it, peace is the rest of will that results from assurance about how things will turn out. And that peace, what Paul says, is that it starts when you accept God's gift of life in his son. When you accept that gift of life in his son, you step into this arena where you can have that peace. And as you get to know God more and more over time, you become more and more assured just that things are going to go, the outcome of your life is going to go, it's going to go well because of what God's done in your life. And you no longer have to try to justify yourself to God or to other people because you are at peace with him. You're clear. And as we grow in this over time, as we grow in this over time, the noise in our minds begins to quiet down. So as we grow in this over time, the noise quiets down, and we begin to be able to see the world much more clearly around us. We begin to see the people around us a lot more clearly. And we begin to be able to see the people that God has placed around our lives. We begin to be able to see, we begin to see them, we see their needs. We actually begin to actually see them where they're really at. And you begin to realize the opportunity that you have. There's this opportunity you have to really help people and to really connect, help people really connect to God the way that you have. And so when you look around people at work, you see people and you see their needs and what they, and what they really need. You look around your family and you see people and you see what their needs really are. And you look around your, your kid's soccer team and you look around the other parents and you see people and you see and you see what their needs really are and their need for God. You look around just at different places. You have your social circles. You look around and you see people and their needs. So what, is it, what does it look like when folks begin to connect to God's grace and then extend grace to other people? I, wanted to, I want to share with you uh, one, of my, one of my favorite passages in, uh, in Paul's letters. It's in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul paints a snapshot I think of what this really looks like. And he says this. Paul is talking to Thessalonians. He says, for our gospel did not come to you in word only. So he's talking about you know, our gospel. Our, we extended the grace of God to you. We came with the message of God's grace. It did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. Having received, uh, and you also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Now you look, one thing, you look at like the experience of the Thessalonians. One thing you see right off the bat is they had solid decisions for Christ. They really connected to God's grace. They really connected to His grace. And then you see Paul and his team had been really working with them, and they, they were observing them, and they, they watched Paul and his team, and they became imitators of them. They became imitators of them, and they began to put into practice the things that they saw. They began to put some of those things into practice. And then it says they received the word of God. They, they began to get in the scriptures on their own. They began to grow, uh, and it was, and they were going through some hard times. Uh, and then it says, 
with the joy of the Holy Spirit, they, they begin to experience the peace with God that I was talking about. They begin to experience the peace with God. And it says they became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. That's like the region around them. Now, going back, going back over that, what they did is they connected to God's grace. There were people around them that were instructing them and helping them. And they began to imitate them. They got connected to God's word and began to really get to know God. And the peace that came out of that helped them to see the people around them and the needs they had. And they began to be an example to other people. I think that's really a picture, a picture of what God really wants for us in our lives today is he wants us to connect to God's grace. He wants us to be, to learn some things and be instructed by folks that that reach out and extend grace to us. And then he wants us to turn around and really extend that grace to other people. In fact, they realized that God had strategically placed them right where they were in the world. And then they just extended their grace to people around them. So this morning, the same thing's true about us. God has strategically placed each one of us right where we're at, you know, right where you work, um, right where, right where we live, all of our relational circles. God has strategically placed us right where we're at to really make a difference. And he really wants to extend his grace through us to the people around us. That's what God really wants to do. And he wants us to be learning from others in our life and to really be helping other people really, uh, take the steps that we've taken, teaching some other folks what we've learned. You only, you know, you only have to be one step ahead of someone to be able to help them. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, if you, maybe you've uh, just recently stepped into the kingdom. Well, you can really help someone step into the kingdom. Maybe, maybe you walk with God for about a year and you've learned several things that have been helpful. You can really help someone that, to take some of those steps. You can really help other people around you to get where you are. In fact, Paul, Paul paints a picture of this again. He kind of, I think he highlights this in Colossians 2, 6, and 7. He says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. You know, when you look at, you know, how did you receive Christ Jesus the Lord? As we've been talking about over the past few weeks, you, you received Christ uh, by grace through faith. Well, how do you walk in him? The same way. By grace through faith. And it's very, in this, this, in this verse, Paul makes it really clear that kind of a normal aspect of walking with God is you have someone in your life that's instructing you and teaching you some things and helping you get a rooted, helping you get built up and helping you to just get established in your faith. And then God wants us to actually turn around and do that with other folks as well. As we begin to get more established to begin helping other people come to faith and uh, being rooted in him and then to be built up in him and then really to be established in him. Those are, that's really what, that's really what's on God's heart. And, you know, when we, when we learn and we pass on what we've learned, we begin to make a difference in other people's lives. And that's something huge. Every one of us wants our lives to have made a difference. Every one of us wants our lives to have made a difference. And when we begin to do this, our lives begin to make a difference. And we begin to accomplish what God really wants done in the world. And so, you know, one thing to keep in mind, like if you, when you help someone, you extend grace to them and they come to faith, everything about their, everything about them changes. And you're not, they, and that's not just their own life that's, that's impacted, 
there's actually the people, the people that they run with, their lives can also be connected and impacted. But also there's generations. You know, as they, as they move through life and as they begin to have kids, the whole destiny of the whole branch of their, their generation is completely different than it was. Their grandkids' kids have a different life because they connected to God. And so when we help other people and we extend grace to other people, what happens is not only does it, does God's grace extend around horizontally to the people around us, but it actually reverberates through generations. It's, it's just a huge opportunity that we have to really be a part of what God's doing. And so what I want to, I want to move towards like, what, what is it? What is it that helps that uh, gets in the way? What are, what are some things we have to get past to be able to really connect in this way and have to make the difference that we're talking about? Um, some things we really need to get past. I'd like to go through three things. One is uh, our attitude about other people. Uh, that, that's one thing that might, we need, might need to get past. Uh, our desire to just live for ourselves, that might be one thing we need to get past. And then maybe thinking thinking that we couldn't really make a difference anyway. You know, getting past that kind of thinking is what we have to get past. And so starting just with the first one, our attitude about others. You know, sometimes we look at other people and we can we can be kind of put off by them, or maybe bothered by them. Maybe they don't relate really well. Maybe Maybe they're not the kindest person you ever met. And it's easy to kind of write people off. And what I want to look at is something that Jesus said in Matthew 7 that I think helps with that. Um, in Matthew 7, 3 through 5, Jesus said, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? He says, You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to clearly remove the speck that's in your brother's eye. Now, you know, it's so easy to get so critical about other people. And we, we can clearly see, it's clearly see like, well, they need to work on this, they need to work on this. And I don't even know if they could even get help because they're like this. And it's easy to view people that way. It's also really easy just to not see the issues in your own life. It's really easy just not to see what you're actually dealing with and the things that you're, you're working on. And what that can do is it can create kind of a feeling of superiority. And that superiority can cause a real problem. In fact, when you have planks, are they they uh, they keep you from extending grace? Planks in your life keep you from extending grace to other people. In fact, what Jesus says to us, he just says, "Now, now don't be a hypocrite." He says, "Just deal with the planks in your life first. Deal with the planks in your life first." And you know, in my life, you know, uh, I've really come, I've really learned that uh, the more aware I am, the more aware I am of what God has to do in me, then the less I spend and the more time I spend in the mirror of God's word and really just, I begin to just see the things that I really need to work on. Then when I look at other people, I just become a lot less aware and less bothered and less offended by what God needs to still do in their life. You know, when I, when I become aware of where I'm at and the work that God needs to do in my life, it helps me just be a lot less aware of what other people you know, the different things, the things that might offend me. I'm, it opens me up to really connect with them and really treat them with grace because that's what I'm getting from God. And when you connect to God's grace yourself, you're able to then turn around and extend that uh, to other people. Now, you know, this morning, 
This morning, there, there might be a plank in your life right now, might be a plank in my life right now, that's keeping us from extending grace to someone in our life that we really need to extend grace to. So I would just you know, encourage each one of us just to think through and really give some, some serious thought to, is there something in my life right now that God's really working with me on that I need to, and really need to work on so that I can open me up to really extend grace to other people? You know, there, there, some, there could be someone in your life right now that grace from you could change their life. There could be someone around you right now that if you extended grace to them, it could really introduce them to the grace of God. And so there's just a huge opportunity that we have. And for me personally, I just think through the people that extended grace to me and they got past the way I was. You know, uh, I'm sure I was no prize. And, you know, people come, they come along, they see and they go, you know, Jeep, you know, he's, uh, he's a little goofy sometimes. But some, someone in my life, there were several people that came alongside me and began to really help me understand how to really make, how to really connect with God and how to really uh, walk with him. It made, it made a huge difference for me. Another, another thing that we, we have to get past, uh, that, that, that may be something that's holding us up, is we have to get past our desire to just live for ourselves. Now this is, this is one that, it just kind of runs deep in all of us. We just all have this desire to do what we want to do. And uh, for some of us, it may come out like, I just want to have fun and I want to have enjoyable experiences back to back for the rest of my life. And I'm going to pursue that with everything I've got. You know, that, that might be the thing that, that really kind of uh, floats your boat. Or, it, you know, it could be, it could be that, uh, it could be just success in your career. It could be like, you know, what, I'm going to funnel everything into success in my career. And then things are going to go well with me. Or, you know what, it's actually financial security. You know, the career is important because it gives me financial security. If I can just do that, then I can retire and I'll be set. And then I'll be good. And so those are those things. It's just so easy to just live your life just in reference to yourself. And so I want to look, there's something else I want to look at that Jesus said uh, in Luke chapter 9. Look at real quickly this morning. Um, and Luke 9, 23 through 24. He said, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. You know, that, you know, that, that statement, it can feel, it can feel negative when you, when you first hear Jesus say that. But one thing to really keep in mind is that he was just telling the truth. He was telling the truth because he really wants the best life for us. That's really just how life works. And the truth is, is that if you choose to live your life centered around you and just always in reference with yourself, you wind up losing it. Uh, you, you wind up with a place where you don't have very good relationships around you. You, you know, uh, you've always made choices away from extending grace. And there really isn't this, uh, there isn't a life of that's made a difference that's really around your life. And when you, when you, uh, when you come to the end of your life, it's just over. And there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, thought in, into the statement that we need to really count the cost of discipleship. And that, then that's a good thing to do. And, uh, in Luke 14, that's what Jesus told us to do to really count the cost of discipleship. But one thing we don't tend to really spend a lot of time on or think through is the cost of non-discipleship. 
what is the cost of not being Jesus's follower? And we really can't consider the cost of discipleship until we look at both sides and we really weigh them. And when you put those in the scale, the cost of nine discipleship is way heavier than the cost of discipleship. Now I wanted to, I want to, I want to show you guys a couple of movie clips. Um, they're from a movie called About Schmidt. And I think that's how you say his name. But it's a, you know, if you're looking for a fun evening, this isn't the movie. You know, this is a, it's, this is like, like watching Ecclesiastes in slow motion. It's just, it's a, it's not really a fun, it's not the funnest thing you ever saw. However, I remember, uh, when I saw it, one of the, there's some things that just resonated with me at the very end of the movie. And I wanted to show that to you guys today. And it really, this, sh- this clip really just shows, I think it shows a, a good a picture of what it, it looks like when you live your life just in reference to yourself. Just in this, in this case, it was about his career. It was about just being financially set and, uh, and he, that's where he funneled all of his energy. And then he retired. And when he retired, he began, he began to lose, he began to realize where he was really at. And the movie is, is really about him discovering where he's really at and what his life is really like. And what he does at the very beginning of the movie, though, and this is kind of like the storytelling part of the uh, storytelling device, storytelling device in the movie, is he sees an ad on TV of you need of supporting a, uh, a, a, uh, a needy child in Tanzania. So he decides to do that. So he makes a decision to do that. Then they send him this package and they say, you can write letters to the, 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 the little boy that you sponsor. And so he starts writing these letters. And what the whole movie is about, it's kind of like he's narrating. And it's what he's writing to this boy. He's kind of evaluating his life. And he's writing to this boy who's six years old, who I'm sure he really enjoyed that. But, uh, but that's what this whole movie, that's what this movie is. And so this clip we're going to watch is at the very end. And it's, it's the first clip is, him finishing up writing the last letter that he wrote to this boy. The second clip is when he gets home. In fact, I'm going to ask you guys if you could just run the clips back to back. Um, the second clip is right after he gets he, it, it, right after he gets home. He's checking the mail, and there's a letter from the little boy. And so I want you to just listen to the, word, the words he's saying, his evaluation of his life, and then and then watch through the rest of the clip, and I'll come back. I know we're all pretty small in the big scheme of things. And I suppose the most you can hope for is to make some kind of difference. But what kind of difference have I made? What in the world is better because of me? When I was out in Denver, I tried to do the right thing, tried to convince Jeannie she was making a big mistake, but I failed. Now she's married to that nincompoop and there's nothing I can do about it. I am weak. And I am a failure. There's just no getting around it. Relatively soon, I will die. Maybe in 20 years. Maybe tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Once I am dead and everyone who knew me dies too, it will 
be as though I never even existed. What difference has my life made to anyone? None that I can think of. None at all. Hope things are fine with you. Yours truly, Warren Schmidt. Dear Mr. Warren Schmidt, my name is Sister Nadine Gauthier of the Order of the Sisters of the Sacred Heart. I work in a small village near the town of Mbea in Tanzania. One of the children I care for is little Ndugu Umbo, the boy you sponsor. Ndugu is a very intelligent boy and very loving. He is an orphan. Recently, he needed medical attention for an infection of the eye, but he is better now. He loves to eat melon and he loves to paint. And Dugu and I want you to know that he receives all of your letters. He hopes that you are happy in your life and healthy. He thinks of you every day and he wants very much your happiness. And Dugu is only six years old and cannot read or write, but he has made for you a painting. He hopes that you will like his painting. Yours sincerely, Sister Nadine Gauthier. find that clip very moving. Um, you know, Warren Schmidt discovered something, and that was when you extend part of you to someone else, it makes a difference in their life. And he thought he hadn't done anything, and he found out that one thing that he did that he didn't really think much about, that was the thing that paid dividends, and it made a difference. And so I would encourage each one of us today is don't wait until then. But starting today, let's look at the people around us and let's look at who we can extend God's grace to. And let's do that. Because as we do that, what we just saw in that clip gets expanded and expounded so much more 
and we begin to have a life that really resonates and really makes a difference. And it becomes the life that we really, really want. And, uh, you know, if you think back, if you think back to your past, you'll, you'll think of someone. You'll think of someone who, who really stepped out of their comfort zone. And they walked across the room. And they decided to extend grace to you and to really help you where you were at. Um, God wants us to be just that kind of, just that kind of person. And it really does make a difference. And it's being connected to his grace that really fuels that. And just connect that, his grace to other people. The third thing, real quickly, uh, that we need to get past is just thinking that we couldn't really make a difference. You know, as you, as your eyes open, as you begin to see clearly and you see people around you, uh, the number of people that need help is huge. The number of people around us. And it can be overwhelming. You kind of think, well, I, I don't know what difference I could possibly make. You know, there's a, there's a story of a, of a guy walking along a, a shore and it was after a big rainstorm and the waves had washed thousands of fish up on the, up on the beach. And as he's walking along, he sees this, he runs down, he starts grabbing fish and throwing them in back in the water. They're flopping around and he's throwing them back in the water. And there's a guy that's walking by too and he sees this guy. He walks down and he goes, what are you doing? What kind of difference can you possibly make? And the guy reaches down and he grabs one of the fish and he throws it in the water and he says, I just made a difference with that one. You know, there's people around us. If we extend the grace to them, we can make a difference with that one. And then if all of us extend grace to other people, we can make a difference with a lot of that ones. And what happens then as they connect to God and they begin to extend grace, this thing can just get out of hand. You know, this God can start impacting many, many, many people. And so that's what we want to be about. We want to take in God's grace, but we want to be about extending it to other people. And so I'd like to end today just with what Paul said he did with the Thessalonians when he went to visit them. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you'd become very dear to us. Let's take the opportunities around us today to just extend grace and uh, and be a part of what really God's what He's doing in the world. So, you know, this morning, this morning, as you, as you as you hear this, you know, maybe for you, maybe you need to connect to God's grace for the first time. Well, I'd encourage you really to seek that out and really connect to someone you know here that really knows Him, and and uh, and get some real input, get some help from them. Uh, you can also, if you want to talk to me, I would love to talk to you about that. And then, uh, you know, maybe you need to get past one of those obstacles we talked about. Well, that's something you can, you can work on. And then maybe God brought someone into your mind this morning of someone you need to extend grace to. Well, I'd encourage you to extend grace to them. So with that, let me, uh, I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come back up. And if you haven't finished filling out your connection card, now's a great time to do that. You can fill it out and throw it in the offering basket when it comes by. And then I'm going to just pray for us. Father, God, I'm just so grateful to you for the impact that you've had in my life and, God, in our lives. And I just pray that you would use us, that you'd feel the freedom to use us in the lives of other people. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm.